Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 127 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got uh, Bill Sutton with us, as always, almost always. Bill, how's it going? Going well, Andy. How about you? Uh, it's good. It's good. I'm uh, back from our India trip where we launched our business over there. Super humbling to go and meet a bunch of customers and um, um, vendors over there and realize how much opportunity there is to go build a business there and partner with the Indian people. Uh, they are, they're just nice. They're super welcoming. And I was, I was shocked how uh, polite they were to us and what the opportunity is to work with them. And that's great. I saw some of the pictures It looked like a, a very productive time. We have, uh, I keep saying the word potential. We have so much opportunity to, to help our vendors and customers there in market, build a business there, represent those folks in territory, in their market, basically do what we do here, but do it right. there. And right. they are excited about it. That's great. So I saw while I was over there building community, building a business through community, you were over here. You had a, you made a couple of appearances last week. Yeah, I went to Birmingham for a, a uh, lunch meeting with a, a bunch of customers and partners. We had a lot of good dialogue. Uh, uh, it was a full house. So that was very, very well attended and very uh, a lot of fun, to be honest with you, to interact with partners and vendors, get to know people face to face. So, Bill, that was our lunch series where we go and we explain how we manage our own customer, us, and other customers and which technologies we use. What was um, what resonates the most when we go tell our story to people? Uh, I think a lot of people are surprised that we they to use the term that you you have mentioned before. We eat our own dog food. Um, that we we use the technology that we that we um, sell. Uh, we we sell and implement. I think that was that was kind of surprising to some customers when we when I showed them pictures of the data centers and said, "Look, this is what we, this is what we do. This is what we run our business on." Um, that was a, a certainly a big part of uh, what I think resonated with a lot of folks there uh, in Birmingham. Yeah. How did you get a picture of uh, the cloud data centers? How did I get a picture of the cloud data centers? Well, what I'm joking about was your reference just now the fact that we host our own, we have our own data centers as well as use right. the cloud. Right. 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 Just graphics. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a picture of the inside of Azure's data center. So I could probably find one on the web somewhere. Yeah, but you can never go hug the Zintegra servers. That's right. And and sometimes you don't need to, but sometimes you do need to. Right. Exactly. And you were getting ready to say you were also one of the also in Orlando for a magic game. And that was we had about 60 or 65 people, uh people there. And there was a lot of interest in ServiceNow, um, uh, as well as uh, you know, other technologies. We had representations from a number of vendors and a bunch of customers. Also a real good time. I spent very little time watching the game except for the last 30 seconds in which they yeah. squeaked out a win right at the buzzer. That's always good. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is the idea of bringing vendors and customers together in a meaningful way works in Orlando, Florida, and Mumbai, India, all at the same time. Yes. Orlando, Florida, Birmingham, Alabama, India, and points in between. I mean, I know if you were standing right here, you would see I have cold chills because it is the same concept everywhere. Right. You just take good vendor solutions and good customers that need help, apply the two together, let them talk to each other, enable it to happen. It's magical. Yep. Well, we also have uh, Todd Smith with us. Todd, uh, how are you enjoying your new role? Loving it. 
absolutely uh, thrilled by by the the opportunity that I've been given to uh, to get directly face to face with customers. Um, and you know, like you just said when you were talking with Bill, is that uh, you know that sense of community really matters, and it matters more and more nowadays because you know I, I think a lot of people have lived through the exact same scenarios of being remote being hybrid being on prem and, and it kind of it it transcends all of the different technologies it transcends the different businesses that are out there and really people want to share what they've learned and they are they're thirsting for information that they can get from their peers and what better sense of community than than being able to bring folks together uh, that have solved problems and need problems solved? Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, like Bill was talking about a while ago. The number one reason why we drink our own champagne, eat our own dog food, is so that we can find the problems first, so that yep. our customers don't have to. Yep. And uh, when we stand up in front of them and talk about you know the, the pros and cons of doing something, we can mean it because we do it. Um, I was uh, with a potential employee uh basically interviewed this morning and they worked for another partner and basically we're tying that partner to us and what we do to what they do and basically calling us equals and i mean it's all i can do not i just i just want to go off on them but i just say okay yeah a little different but yeah okay fine you were partner of the year at one point too i get it not the same but that's fine i'm not going to argue um and the actions back it up yeah and and i think that's you know, you've just hit on something that makes Zentegra unique in the in the partner community is that, that that you do take that approach of building communities, building a true partnership, not only with the vendors that you that you represent, but also the customers that you work with. Yeah. Um, and it it truly is. It's a it's a multi-directional partnership. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that and I know you realize it and you know we just keep doing it and some people get it and some people never will. And one of the examples is this podcast. So we we uh, we talked earlier and we came up uh, with the idea that we'll cover this uh, blog from, um, I'm going to try to do the name, uh, Prashant Yadav. Yep. What do you think? Is that close? Yep. That's how I've heard him present, pronounce it. So Prashant. So the, um, the title of this one is How Customers and Partners Can Apply Custom Branding to Citrix Client Apps. And, you know, as we discussed earlier this is a common topic and it's often a discussion between am i going to use the gateway as a service or am i going to buy netscalers and implement netscalers and do the custom branding that i want for my portal but this is specifically around the citrix apps so todd are we really talking about the uh the workspace app here mm-hmm. yeah it's primarily the workspace app and everything that can be delivered within the workspace app you want to you know this this applies towards being able to reduce the amount of change that you have to throw at the users. Um, and you want things to look common and look the same as it has in the past, but still be able to inject a different technology into the mix. Um, and so that, that, that gives us the ability, you know, this, this gives not only us the ability to deliver something unique to the marketplace, but also it allows the customers to really kind of phase in some new technology changes. So, Bill, how often does this come up in a project? Uh, very, very frequently. We're dealing. We've been dealing with one lately that a uh, large customer that um, that needed a, a large level of customization, um, and 
we uh, we've been working with them to get that implemented on their net scalers. But I think what this does, we, we've really always been able to to do some level of customization of the login page on storefront and the login page on Netscaler. But I think what they're what they're what they've done here is extended that down to to Todd's point to the workspace app itself, uh, which you know when you click on an app and it, the little bar pops up and it says Citrix and then it shows the connecting bar that it looks like you you'll have the ability from what I gather from this article you have the ability to change that icon and so it says whatever you want it to say it can be your company logo it could be whatever branding you put on the the remote access or the app access. Um, so we don't get requests for that as much, um, but definitely for the front end. Well, and is that just because they just assume they can't do it? Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Yes. I have been asked for it a couple of times in, in the past, but, um, not recently. Um, but obviously, you know, back then we couldn't really deliver on that, uh, short of doing some sort of special searching and cutting and pasting and manipulating, you know, source files, which, most customers didn't want to do, obviously. So, Todd, in your new role, um, do you think your customers are aware that there are? Well, let me let me ask this first. Are there, the way I understand it, there's two elements that we need to be considering. One is branding of our storefront web pages or our workspace landing pages, and then the other aspect of that is branding the the Citrix apps that are used to access this environment, specifically workspace app. Do customers understand that these are their options these days? Do they understand that making this look and feel like something their company is, you know, personally responsible for is something that should be a big deal to them? So, so it's a it's a great question, and, and you know, it's a multi-part question. I guess would I guess would be the best way to look at it. Um, first of all, I, I think a lot of it depends on the individual customer themselves and what they have to do to introduce change into their environment. Um, I'll, I'll use healthcare as an example, right? Uh, if you're expecting icons to be arranged on your on your screen in a certain way, um, you don't want to have your doctor having to go search for the right icon or search the right menu for the information that they're they want to be able to, to find that information and find that icon very quickly. So oftentimes you have a lockdown desktop. You have you can't change the look and feel uh, because it, it breaks up the workflow. Uh, it requires some additional training. If you're in a highly regulated environment, you can't really change that without going through, without forcing everyone to go through some additional training time to, to learn that. Um, it also kind of inhibits the ability to to perform backend updates on systems when the icon is going to change or how you're going to launch that application changes right so as an example uh we we were working with a large university here in new england and they built out an intranet page and the students would go and click on the internet page. That was their landing page that they would go to and all of their course information, the, the hours for you know upcoming sporting events, the what's being served in the cafeterias, what's available and things like that, um, were all presented through there. Uh, included in there were links to their virtual desktop. Their virtual desktop was being provided by a competitor to Citrix and they wanted to, the university wanted to swap out uh, that solution with a, a Citrix Zen desktop solution, right? 
So instead of having to go and launch the workspace or, or actually launch the Citrix receiver at the time, um, they wanted it to be hidden from the user that they were switching from the old solution to the, to the Citrix solution. So we were able to work with some scripting to make it provide and look seamlessly through there. Uh, the problem with that is it required some scripting. It required a couple hundred hours worth of work to rebuild that intranet page for to change one single thing on that intranet page. Uh, we knew we needed to to make some changes there. We knew that there it needs to be a little bit easier to do. Uh, we've since upgraded a lot of the front end and back end technologies to allow this to happen, and that's how that's where this customization component in this branding concept really came about, right? What if I could go and brand my entire site without having to go and spend hundreds of hours updating code on my internet page? Right. And Todd, historically, when you went and did all that custom scripting uh, as these page, pages were to load and be delivered, now all of a sudden you have a support issue going forward, don't you? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you have, you've got a support issue. Oftentimes it was done by, you know, putting the ICA file out as a link. Um, and you would have to, you know, you'd have to make sure you put in the correct switches on that link uh, to, to, to suppress or hide some of the other activities that were going on. Uh, it became very kludgy and, and like you said, very hard to maintain, and very hard to support. Bill, did you ever find yourself in that conundrum where a customer wanted that and you're like, okay, we can do this, but... Yeah, we uh, several years ago, we had a, a, a higher education customer that wanted to do a pretty extensive level of customization on the front end, um, Netscaler and uh, and Storefront. And we, there at the time, and they may still exist, there was actually a, a guy that had a company that did nothing but customize the front end pages. I can't remember his name or the name of the site, but um, they did it for all the technologies. I mean, all the EUC vendors, as well as SharePoint and all kinds of other things they would customize. And so it wasn't cheap, but they went to him and um, he basically they had to pay for it. And then they had to pay an annual, small annual fee to help with updates and changes. Right. Um, so they they carried that for several years. And I think eventually decided to go back to the native, the native page with a few customizations that they could manage on their own. But um, we do run into this frequently um, with customers wanting to do customization. But like I said earlier, very rarely have I had customers want to do it down at the workspace app level. Yeah. And and I think it's just because partners like us aren't telling them they can. In fact, I guess you couldn't until now, but now we need to make sure people know that yes, whether they're coming through the, the gateway service or whether they're coming in a storefront or whether they're using the app, it's they should have all of it look as if their company is represented there and it's their company's workspace they're connecting to and not the Citrix workspace. That, that's one of my favorite conversations to have with customers is to make sure they're making this representative of their company, not Citrix providing apps for their company because all of a sudden the passion and the long-term viability of it becomes more real when it's my company's workspace, not Citrix workspace. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of you know, there's a lot of there's a sense of ownership and and um, you know affiliation, if you will, with it with the solution. Um, so people are probably more likely to be drawn to it than than some third party. And and the flip side of that is, you know, if they come from an environment or they 
they've talked to friends who've had a bad experience, um, then this doesn't basically bring the name in front of them where they'll automatically right. assume that it's not going to work well out of the box, which we all know is sometimes perception is reality. But by not having the name out there, they 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 have a sense of ownership of that, and then are more or less or less likely to you know to come with preconceived notions. Yeah, a lot of times I say in front of people that Citrix is a four-letter word for some people, and it never should have been. And that just yep. comes from company to company to company, and they look at me like I'm crazy. It's like, no, it's you. You didn't get the bad code; you got a bad implementation. That's right. Mm-hmm. We see that. Um, we don't see it as much now as we used to, but we do still see it. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think the, I think the other the other thing is if you can brand it to your company's branding scheme, uh, it eliminates exposing what technologies you're using in the back end, which could be a it could yeah. be an ingress ingress path for, you know, potentially bad actors that are out there. Um, hey, yeah. if I know. If I know this company uses an XYZ technology uh, and there's an exploit out there that I can leverage, um, that could certainly be a way to do that. Um, it also prevents someone from doing just the social engineering aspect of it and saying, hey, I'm from your XYZ technology provider. Can you give me access, username and password, which, by the way, still happens, um, You know where you can leverage that social engineering to get in get in there. So if you can reduce those threat vectors and reduce that attack surface considerably, uh, just doing small things like hiding what technologies you're using in the back end makes a lot of sense. So Todd, we've we've had this conversation mostly around the Citrix Workspace app. Uh, Citrix Mobile, is that also part of this story? Yeah, because the the Workspace app applies towards the mobile devices as well. Okay. Really, the, whatever platform the app runs on can be branded. So I, I think we've covered this in the conversation, but Todd, you want to walk us through the this fictional Acme Pharmaceutical and how this applies? Yeah. So so instead of you know w- when you're onboarding a, a, a customer, when you're onboarding an employee or contractor, uh, you don't want to have to send them to uh, you know as simple as creating a custom URL uh, can be the first step. The second step would be you know, branding the branding the workspace so that it appears that you're using, you know, Acme Pharmaceuticals, sorry, Acme Pharmaceuticals environment instead of a Citrix environment that happens to be utilized by Acme. Um, it really helps, you know, improve that onboarding experience, reduce the security threats, and also, you know, be able to provide something that is uh, that is unique to that. It, that customer or that in, that employee, right? Yeah, it's um. How Todd? How long has this been around? Uh, I think conceptually, it's been around for a couple of years. Um, you know, we continue to add on capabilities into our branding, uh, in, into our toolkit. Uh, what used to require you to to develop through an SDK or or uh, rewrite web pages and things like that. Can now be included in the uh, in the administrative functionality of the uh, products, and and I say that because I don't I have custom branding in our landing pages through the HTML, but I don't have it through our own apps. And right, you know, now I'm jealous. I I want this too. Yeah. Um, Bill, you want to walk us through 
how people go about doing this? Yeah, it looks like um, there's some development tools that are leveraged. Um, Todd might be able to speak more to the, the specifics of it, but based on what I've been able to see, it there uh, um, there's some developer tools that are, are needed, uh, particularly if you're going to be delivering the uh, Android and iOS device or Android and iOS clients. Um, I think you have to have um, Apple Business Manager. Yeah, it's listed yeah. there. Um, yeah. in order to deliver custom iOS apps to your users that would be branded accordingly. But as far as the Workspace app itself or Windows, Mac, and so forth, um, I believe that, uh, particularly for Windows anyways, you can leverage the app development tools that are available from Citrix to build this out for yourself or for your yeah. business. Yeah, and it really kind of goes goes back to, you know, the size of the organization that is going to be using this, right? If you're If you're publishing something special up on the Google Marketplace or the Azure Marketplace or the Apple Store, um, you know that requires those extra extra steps that are out there. Yep. Well, guys, I think we've covered it. Um, Todd, anything we haven't brought up as it relates to branding in general, why you do it, how you do it um, in the Citrix world? I, I think it gives gives customers a great opportunity here to to make things look. Uh, Kind of unique for the for the for themselves as customers, um, and, and maintain a level of consistency, right? So there's other applications out there that you can change icons and tiles and things like that. This really does it across the entire board, right? You can actually do it for the entire site. You can do it for the entire uh, Citrix instance. Yeah. So it really helps out that way. Do anything else related to this specific topic? No, I would agree with Todd. I mean, I think this is just another example of Citrix trying to help customers, you know, to meet customer needs um, and be able to uh, to provide this level of branding that perhaps is not as as robust as it has been in the past. I think it's uh, this is a key thing for them um, is to be to allow the customer to take the the technology that they have purchased or subscribe to and um, you know make it their own. Uh, and I think I think it's a definitely a good thing, and and I suspect that we'll need to ramp up on this a little bit to help customers implement it going forward. Yeah, for me, the you know the new Citrix where they're really going back to the roots and virtual app and desktop solutions, whether it's from the cloud or on premises, really Citrix never stopped listening to customers. It's just there was so much right. going on in big Citrix that things like this would get overlooked, and uh, I think now in the much more focused Citrix, we have a chance to take these technologies, these solutions, these evolutions that were happening all along and spotlight them more. Yeah, absolutely. So while I got you two smart guys, um, what to help us understand the difference between Citrix uh, Workspace and Citrix DAS, including the gateway as a service piece of custom branding versus what you could do with a storefront server and a Netscaler front-ending your environment. Todd, you want how do you have that conversation when people bring it up these days? So, so really it's, it, do you want to, you know, update your, you know, the workspace storefront, you know, knowing that there's two separate things, right? There's the workspace app itself, and then there's also the, the storefront. So think about changing the landing page, which impacts everyone, whereas if you change the app itself, you can, uh, that really only implements or uh, impacts the individual user or group of users. 
Sorry, as we're uh, as we're talking through that, I'm doing mine, so we can show <laughs> show it to Todd. So I think I don't think I know we're using the gateway as a service. Lots of yep. sign on stuff, which you see me doing here. Single yep. single identity coming out of Microsoft uh, Azure AD, yep. uh, multi factor challenge with um, a push notification with some user feedback. Uh, which I think everybody should have at this point. Just a simple uh, hitting yes is not good enough. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, this is what ours looks like. We got a Zintegra logo in the left-hand corner, still have the Citrix logo in the bottom left-hand corner. Uh, yep. But this is all we're currently doing is what what could I do, Todd, to make this more Zintegra-centric, if at all? So, So you could do things like adjust what other information you want to include in this panel, right? So, hey, you want to make a company announcement, make sure that pops up on there. That's always visible. You want to remove some of the branding that's out there. You know, think about it as uh, being able to really deliver the content in the style that you feel is appropriate for your employees uh, to see and understand, right? So being able to uh, kind of adjust it to the way they're used to working which helps get past that whole change management uh, challenge that's out there. When you implement changes out there, it can be very disruptive to the individual employee. It can require a lot of additional training or recertifications or uh, adjustments in their daily routines. And this allows you to kind of uh, either kind of force a change to the employees or allow them to continue to work in the way that they've They've always worked. Yep. So it does give you a lot more flexibility here. Bill, based on what you're seeing within customer environments, is this pretty typical when they're using a the workspace service? Yeah, it's pretty typical. A lot of times they'll you can change the colors, obviously, because we've yeah. got all white there and you can modify the colors. And a relatively, I think it's a relatively new feature is the ability to use themes, yes. um, which is obviously something we could do on the on the Netscaler for a while, but um, that's now available within within the workspace configuration or workspace experience configuration within Citrix Cloud. So there are some options there for um, for being able to leverage themes and, and even allow different policies with different themes and assign users to those policies. So you can have one user that gets you know one logo and maybe another user gets a departmental logo, what have you. So it looks like you can do that now as well. Yeah. Here's one of my favorite little things to highlight about how Citrix uses Citrix, and that is just to go to the Citrix you know home landing page, and then somewhere down here on the bottom is the employee login, which is how they yep. get to their workspace. And, yeah, and, if, uh, and if you notice, it goes to, you know, it'll prompt you to go through a Netscaler gateway um, for additional authentication. It'll pop up the, it'll pop up your uh, authentication you know, where you enter in your credentials, uh, it'll then force you to go through, uh, you can use a combination of either Okta or uh, uh, YubiKey or some other tech type of technology here. Uh, you can force multi-factor authentication. It can do uh, EPA scans mm -hmm. on the endpoint to make sure you're coming in from a, a, a secure enough location. And then before that ever even lets you into your workspace. So Todd, is this, a Netscaler or is this a workspace service? So it's leveraging the Netscaler to start off with, um, but it's going through the Netscaler gateway service. Okay. So it's front-ended by Correct. Netscaler, but then ultimately using the service. Got it. Yep. Awesome. Well, guys, hopefully we covered enough. 
for the customers listening yeah. and happy to have conversations. Um, either Bill, myself, Todd, love to have these talks with people and you know, that, that user experience from the moment they hit that page or open that app, that's when it starts to count that, um, that viability, that um, one of my mind share, I only slept two hours last night, still trying to catch up for my India trip. Uh, that um, the, the user acceptance of the environment they're hitting starts the moment that first page launches, whether it's the app or the landing page. Uh, and that's why it's super important to get our your brand, not our brand, your brand, Mr. Customer's brand in front of the Mr. Customer's user, because it does make a difference when they see their company logo. They're less likely throw it under the bus if it's their company that they're talking negatively about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Todd, what you got going on outside of uh, this, these podcasts? Uh, so let's see. I bought a farm up in Maine. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I thought you were going to say like, I got dinner with a client tomorrow night or something. I bought a farm in Maine. All right, go. Yeah. I bought a hundred acre farm, mostly trees. So, uh, Got an old abandoned apple orchard on it. It's got a house that was built in 1900. Um, so been been planning out and figuring out how I'm going to uh, turn that into a, a, an investment property and potentially retirement property. Okay. So, yeah. So your goal is to get uh, get out somewhere, get some yes. land and some space. Yes, because there's only so much land that's made. Yeah. They don't they don't have a good way of creating new land. Yeah, you have to send some pictures. That that'd be beautiful. I bet. How far? How far from the nearest? Uh, how far is it from an airport? Let's start there. So I am about an hour and ten minutes away from Portland, Maine Airport. Okay. Okay. There's a couple of small regional airports, which are basically landing strips. Right. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And if we were to go there right now, would we see eight feet of snow or no? Snow? Uh, probably about six feet of snow right now. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, Todd, it sounds like a great place to visit when I get invited. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the invitation is there for the both of you. Doesn't doesn't sound like something I want to be responsible for, but something I'd like to go see. <laughs> Bill, what's going on in your world? Well, I bought a tank of gas yesterday. It didn't cost quite as much as a hundred acre farm, but you know, maybe close. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, no, I'm I'm you know, trying to catch up from last week being out so much, uh, even though I was able to work on the plane and work from the hotel and that sort of thing. I've still got lots of catch up going on um, this week, early this week, especially. Well, I love both those conversations because assuming Todd has some internet connectivity from that farm. I do. Oh yeah. Work's going to get done in both yep, cases. Right. That, uh, that is the story we've all lived for the last uh, 20 years, but the rest of the world is catching on, whether it's because of the pandemic or whether because you just want to go live on a farm somewhere. Right. Uh, as long as your employer is okay with it, which is a whole other conversation. Uh, the technology's there. Yep, absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Well, until next time, uh, hopefully Jeremy can join us next week, but uh, we'll have another conversation next week and hopefully bring some more goodness to these communities we're building. Sounds good. Great. Thank you. Right. Thank have you. Have a guys. great week. Thanks. You too.